Yeah. Hey guys, welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast. All right, um, we're here today with the Youngsmas. Grant, say hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and Caitlin, say guten tag. Guten tag. Okay, good job. Okay, so check this out. We have that we've changed the whole theme of our podcast. It is now the best romantic comedy podcast on the planet, and we lead in first episode of the best romantic comedy podcast on the planet. That's our whole name. The best comedy, no, the the, the best romantic comedy podcast on the planet. God, like 10 syllables, too many. We'll, we'll streamline it, okay? We'll abbreviate. And we start out with All About Steve, which is Grant's favorite movie. Definitely. And Caitlin, you don't like this movie, is that right? You hate it. It's okay. Okay. Um, actually... <laughs> Actually, if you really want to know, folks, Caitlin has this movie. She has it on Blu-ray. She has it on DVD. She has it on Laserdisc. She had it reverse engineered onto VHS. And watches it every Saturday night. And she watches night. it every Saturday night, cries herself to sleep whenever Sandra Bullock falls in this mine, and Grant has to pick up the pieces and go, honey, <laughs> let's just, time for you to go to sleep. Okay. All right, so all about Steve from the makers of Miss Congeniality, from the makers of Speed 2, not Speed 1, but just Speed 2, comes all about Steve. Um, anything you guys going to tell us about this movie? What's the first time you ever saw it? Grant. The first time we ever saw it, or I ever saw it, was about a month after we got married. Okay. And we had a movie night Monday, and Caitlin was like, you have to see this movie. My mom thinks it's the stupidest movie ever, <laughs> but I think it's hilarious. And I was like, okay. And I watched it, and mm, not one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, Caitlin, you saw us in theaters? Mm-hmm. Okay. What theater? With my mom. What theater? And my best friend. Uh, probably Campbell 16. Okay, I would Weirenberg. say this. Campbell 16 is closed. Campbell 16 is closed now. But inevitably, I I saw so many movies there. You saw a lot of movies there, right? Yeah. You're a Kickapoo person, so yep. I'm sure you saw a lot of movies there. Did you see very many movies there, Grant? My first movie there was Inception. Okay. All right. But it you saw no. It was at the palace. Mm. Oh no. You're wrong. It was Have you ever seen a movie there? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. was it called? Have you and I see it? We, you and I might have seen a movie there. I feel mm. like that's a possibility. I saw Star Wars there. Um Phil and I and two and Jared and another guy saw Thor there the night of the Joplin tornado. Hmm. Yeah, kind of weird. What was that movie we saw? Ben Affleck. Okay. The bank robber movie. Yes. Uh, 
Oh, the town. The town. I hated that movie. That was the first date Caitlin and I went on. It was horrible. What what were the other choices? Alf, the movie, or there weren't many other ones. It was a double date. But she decided to marry me anyways. That's good. That's well. That's like Paul and Jerrica. Paul huffed. Their first date they went on was Love Guru. So Guru Pitka. Guru Pitka. Um. So. First of all, first things first, we have to do something on this podcast that I call, and others call, time for some deets. Deets. (laughs) Time for some deets. Directed by Phil Trail, who's done a couple of other things. Um, He has done, and he's done 15 episodes of... The middle. Okay. Uh, he's done one episode of Last Man on Earth, which is redeeming for him. That's a good show. And that's really about it. There's a couple other little knickknacks. Produced by Mary McLaglan. 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 And who's the other producer? Sandra Bullock. Oh, yeah. Written by Kim Barker, who has no other credits. Starring... The three main billing, and in this order, Sandra Bullock, Bradley Cooper, Thomas Hayden Church, who in the end, Lowell, Thomas Hayden Church, kind of steals the spotlight a little bit. That was kind of weird to me. Did that make any sense? No. I guess so he could be the anchor? Yeah, he wants to be the anchor. Um, Let's see, what else? September 4th, 2009 is when this came out. $15 $15 million budget. Have you guys already looked at what the uh, box office was? $40. $40 million. That's pretty good. I mean, technically, it made $25 million. That's pretty good for this kind of a great movie. Um, not as good as Sandra Bullock's new movie. Perfect 10. <laughs> She's a radio talk show host with a heart of gold. But what happens? And Sandra Bullock has to go on 10 dates in seven days. That's right. Sandy Perfect is a perfect 10. Coming to theaters this July. Also starring Bradley Cooper as Tim Tim McNeil and the upstairs neighbor, Pucko. Danny DeVito stars as Pucko. She didn't know she could. She didn't know she could. <laughs> she, she didn't know she could reach her dreams until she reached for the stars and also dated ten guys. That Sandra Bullock ass, perfect ten. Thank you. All right, um, he'll delete all that later on. Okay, so um, <laughs> next up, please do. Thir- what was that? I, I think. What did you just say? It. What did you say to me? You know what you just got? 30-second synopsis for that insolence. How dare you, ma'am, say that to me. 30-second synopsis. Are you ready? Sure. You know the drill, and you you did this to yourself, young lady. You did this to yourself. Laugh at my great movie. Pucko's a hit. He's going to have his own spinoff show, an animated series called Pucko Live. I digress. Ready? 30 second synopsis. 
Are you ready? Go. Okay, Mary Horowitz, she is a crossword puzzle writer, and she pretty much does nothing else except work, and she has no life. Then she gets set up on a blind date, and she meets Steve, and she writes this crossword puzzle about him, and then she gets fired from her job. She decides to follow him all around the country and basically stalk him (laughs) because she's in love with him, but he doesn't really want her there. And that's pretty much it. 28 seconds. That's pretty good. Did you mention her falling in the mine? No. You didn't want to give it. I didn't want to ruin that part. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she did it. She did a good enough job herself. <laughs> okay. Steve! Yeah. So check it out. Uh, one highlight. What's her? Let's see. She, he's a Horowitz. Mr. Horowitz was played by Howard Hesseman. Howard Hesseman is on WKRP. He's also on uh, Head of the Class. He was the first teacher on Head of the Class until it changed to Billy... forget that Irish actor's name. Anyway, he's a pretty good actor. But he's older now, and so he plays Sandra Bullock's dad. He's got a hard goal. <laughs> All right. Time for five-point plot. Five-point plot. I have created five plot points. The five plot points to success. I'm holding a diamond shape in the air that has four points to it. I can't make a five point. That's actually a geographic, or geographic, a geometric puzzle to try to make a five angled anything with your hands and to make it right. Magic. All right, five point plot. Plot point. Plot point number one. Mary the Puzzler, or Mary is Sheldon Cooper. All right, so Mary Magdalene Horowitz um, is a crossword puzzle creator for a local newspaper or a bigger newspaper. Local. 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 In Sacramento. She lives with her parents. Yep. Wait, in Sacramento? Yep. The Big Bang people are in San Bernardino. Ridiculous. All right. Um, so her parents trying to set up on a date she gets set up on a date with steve miller played by bradley cooper um this is a weird first date and this is a weird first 10 seconds of the date because they (laughs) don't leave her driveway it starts to rain he has his ford bronco not a white one like oj but that similar style uh he's a cameraman by the way for a local news station ccn ccn that's actually national news then, isn't it, probably? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it is national. Um, so they get out to his Bronco. He starts talking. And she's she just ready for... Leaps on him. But the seatbelt <laughs> yeah, that catches was one of the, her. Now, I will say this. I did laugh at that. I did chuckle at that because it was kind of funny to see her eyes bug out of her head like uh, Wiley Coyote. Um, but m- my son, we were watching this, and my son came in the room about this time and it doesn't get way scantily clad, but it gets scantily clad enough where I was like, uh, hey, we got to go in the other room. And he's like, okay. So he kind of hid thinking time would pass, and then it didn't. So anyway, um, they kind of smoochy-boochy a little bit, but she comes on a little too strong, and she gets kind of weird. Starts talking about crossword puzzles, and yeah. as he put it, a walking encyclopedia. It's true. And so... He bails, basically. 
which was really weird of him. He says, he work's calling. And, work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he says, I get lonely on the job, and I would really enjoy if you would be there. Come on the road with me. Was that before? Was that when they first started smooching? Mm, I think it was right it was before right he... At, right at the end, before he right leaves. Right before they leave. And so she took that to heart. She took that as he's inviting. She really struggles. She's very socially awkward. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I compared her to Sheldon Cooper. Um, she is very intelligent. Mm-hmm. She just has some awkward things going on. But they play her up as the punchline. So I don't think they're making fun of, and hear me out, folks. I don't think they're making fun of some sort of disability, or I don't think they're, I think they're just pointing out how quirky she is. And mm-hmm. it really is kind of Sheldon Cooper esque. Would you agree with me, Caitlin? Yes. Is that is that a valid? Mm-hmm. She's wonder. got those red boots. She does wear a pair of red boots. They're knee-high boots. Like go-go boots. They're go-go boots, but they're very shiny. And why did she say, in the end of the movie, why did she say she likes them? Because they make her toes feel like 10 friends on a camping trip. Oh, gosh. <laughs> While her life is about to end. <laughs> yes, she's in a mine. Um, carbon monoxide is closing in. <laughs> so... Sorry. She's really socially awkward. Uh, she does not understand Steve's rejection. No. Not at all. And so uh, she comes on very, very strong, but she also doesn't understand that he rejected her. He took off, left her hanging in the in the rain with the umbrella in the preview we saw um, on Tuesday. She's standing there with this umbrella holding it, and the mo- the trailer sets it up like it's some sort of like I said, romantic situation, and really it's just total rejection. At least he gave her that umbrella. And so what happens when you don't get the point? You write a crossword puzzle oh about gosh. him. And it's, hence the title of the movie, All About Steve. Uh, that leads me to plot point number two. Mary, you fired. <laughs> and the newspaper fires Mary. Why, really? This was kind of a depressing part of the... It was. She wasn't sad long, though. Yeah. Nope. Um, she, she was she very... She realized her true calling. But she was very sad <laughs> because this guy fired her because she created a crossword completely about Steve, the cameraman. And no one could figure out the answers. No. And they thought it was the stupidest thing ever. Yes, and it was. And so uh, the paper fires her. But she has, and I put this, she's in the bathtub, laying in the bathtub, <laughs> has a shower cap on. A flowery shower cap. Maybe a yeah, shower cap, swim cap, whatever. But she has just her face out of the water. That's all you see. And, and then she, her eyes light up, and she runs into the living room. With, with an epiphany. With a towel on, with an epiphany. I put in a moment of clarity. Uh, she, come, she decides that she needs to follow Steve on the road. And that was her cue, was him saying, I get lonely out on the road. I don't know why he said that. And then she couldn't because she had a job, and now she didn't have a job anymore. And she, and she theorized that was just fate was telling her to be. she needs to go do this. And her dad thinks this is the stupidest thing he's ever heard. But it's their fault for letting her be a leech in, well into her, I'm assuming, late 30s. They're probably playing her off to be. But we all know at this point she was... Wait, wait for it. 45, 46 years old. So, now there's anything wrong with it. 
Anyway, but she's just hanging out of the house writing crossword puzzles with mom and dad for papers. <laughs> so, we're going to hit the road, leading me to plot point number three. Mary hits the highway. Now, here's where the story really picks up and gets a little goosey. Uh, where's the first stop on our superhighway uh, fun tour? Well, they're on their way to Tucson, but Mary doesn't quite make it to Tucson. Because the people on the bus are annoyed by her because she won't stop talking. So we're going to take a five-minute break. Mary gets off the bus. See you later, Mary. The bus leaves her. That's sad. The bus driver would be fired for this. And they all clapped, and everyone's so excited to get rid of poor old Mary. Luckily for her, though, the highway is known, is known for its gracious friends it's like it's radiator springs all over again. And there's a truck driver, and he says, "You know, you can ride with me." So, here we go. She gets in his truck, <laughs> and she rides. His, that was kind of funny. <laughs> she was afraid. Number on and this this says a lot about Mary. She does have, um, she she values her own safety, mm-hmm. and so she got his uh, license plate number and wrote it on her arm, and she said, "This severed limb." will be what leads me to justice. Yep, they're going to find you if you kill me. And she asks him... <laughs> I have this number on my arm. And she asks to see his driver's license before yeah. she hops in. Yeah. yeah. And she saw it. And he was a nice guy. He is... That guy has been in... What was he in? He's not the pilot. He's not the plane pilot from Lost. He's a bad guy. He's screamy, yelly. I can't remember his stinking name. Anyway, it'll come to me. Nice guy, though. Salt of the earth type character. And um, he uh, takes her down the highway. Where do they go next? To Tucson. To this. And then they like, get there to the Wild place. West place, and nobody's about there. The Wild West place. And nobody's but there. But the They've horse comes back to life. Okay, so here's the story. They have to, they get on the CN, the CCN people. Bradley Cooper, Lowell from Friends, or Lowell from Wings, and uh, Angus. And Angus, who's Kenny Jeong. Yeah, Kenny Jeong from Community. Um, they are part of this team that goes along on the, in the vans, uh, in the van and goes to news stories. They go to, there's a hostage situation in an Old West um, themed uh, act, you know, play acted thing. And there's a trained horse that they set up. Lol, you know, they make him look like an idiot, and uh, the hilarity ensues. She finally shows up, and nobody's there. No one's there. Lonesome, lonesome. Except, Except for the, the janitor Spanish-speaking guy. janitor. Of course, of course he was there. Um, so, did the truck driver stay there with her? No. No, he, he just dropped, dropped her off. How did, she get, how did she get away from Tucson? A taxi. What? A taxi, She's in it. Yep. She, she pulls up to Oklahoma in a taxi. I didn't. I forgot about that, but. Where'd she get her money? Crossword puzzles. <laughs> they asked her, and by the way, we, we, we skipped the career, the career day thing. The depressing part was in the beginning. She uh-huh. goes this career day with these elementary kids, and they're like, how do you make money doing that? You live with your parents. I know, and she's just like, so do you. You don't have a boyfriend or a husband. Yeah, and it's like, you don't golly have kids. And it was really depressing. Like, it was really depressing. It was, and the teacher part. was kind of jerk, too. Teachers are jerks. Right, guys? Teachers are jerks. 
Who would so, ever want to be a teacher? Who would ever want to be a teacher? Um, so they go. So she makes it to Oklahoma City, where Oklahoma. City. Wait, stop. First, they go to Galveston. No, no Oklahoma, Oklahoma City first. Three-legged baby. Three oh yes, three-legged baby. Um, there's a three-legged <laughs> baby, and there's these picketer-type protester people that don't want them to cut the third leg off. But some people want them to. But some people want them to cut the third leg off. So it's pro-leg or anti-leg. Exactly. So stupid. And um, so she is there. She surprises Steve there. And Steve is just shocked. But she does help him spy a the news dad. story. The, the mom da- the, of the baby. Yeah. Or the dad. The dad sorry. of the baby. Yeah. The dad. The dad of the baby is trying to so leave to go do something. And so he's dressed up. She spots him away, a, a long way away. And she helps out. And then she meets her friends. And she meets her friends. There's DJ Qualls and um, protesters. Is it L- Luinel? Nope, that's the that's that lady. Uh, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth. Katie Mixon. Anyway, so um, she's on Mike and Molly, by the way, hmm. as Melissa Carthy's sister. Um. They meet up, and they're kind of become best buddies. And so this is their traveling companions the rest of the movie. But while she's there, she runs into uh, Steve Miller. And uh, Steve Miller gets a bloody nose from a camera hitting him in the face. <laughs> and then he falls off. And then she is going to see him, and her leg gets tangled up in a cord of a camera, and it drags him off a scaffold, like 15 feet, <laughs> onto his back. While he's filming. While he's filming. So they get that on camera. Um, and so she, he basically then, what I always like to say is she gives, he gives her the Harry and the Hendersons treatment mm-hmm. where on Harry and the Hendersons, um, we want someone to go away, but we want to be, it's for their own good. Yeah. So we chuck a rock right at Harry's head and it, the rock hits Harry in the head over and over again. And he doesn't understand. Why are you mean to Harry? Why are you mean to Harry? Caitlin's not amused by my, why you mean to hear a yell? Anyway, so he also gives her the, I just don't like you that way thing. She goes off and leaves. The but then old Hartman. But, yeah, he, he but tells that was him. before. The, the reason she, she came back around. She came back around because he, she was kind of like, he's not really talking to me. He goes to her and says, hey, he really wants to talk to you. When he says get away, he means... Come close. Yes, to and th- yeah, she it's can't. Just his fear that. talking. Yes, it's his fear talking. He really loves you. Gosh. But eventually, they part ways. Correct. Yes. But she chases after the yeah, van. Yeah, he chases after the van, and then he tells him. Um, Hartman tells her that they're going, We're to, going Galveston to Galveston to chase the storm. So then, she gets in the car with her friends, the protesters, and then they drive to Galveston. The Galveston, there's a hurricane coming. But there's a twister. They, they, they see the tornado. twister. Mm-hmm. They hide in a storm storm drain. <laughs> and some locusts come through. And she it's like a Forrest Gump moment. She's like, she's it's like, a it only happens moment. every 17 years. It was like the stupidest. That, that was a really And then the locust time. lands right on her face. On her face. The people go to Galveston. The news team does. They see the weather. But their boss isn't happy with that because they missed a tornado that almost hit 
What's your face? I think he's basically going to fire them because they they weren't, uh, you know, omniscient and able to be at every possible news story on planet Earth. At this point, I think their boss just wants to send them anywhere. So sending them to the hurricane, I think he probably is hoping they just die, which is hilarious. <laughs> it's a good news team, folks. So um, their car is a mess. DJ Qualls' car is destroyed. Like the Wizard but of Oz. But they still drive it they do to drive the next it. Place. They do drive it to the final destination. Colorado. Colorado, because there's been a hot tip on the fact that some deaf kids, and we saw this happen, these deaf kids are going to some magical to a carnival, carnival or thing. Amusement park it's or a something. treat. They, yeah. And they were, they're running across this field, and a mine opens up, and they fall in the mine. All the kids. All the kids. All the deaf <laughs> kids, Phil. And all yeah. their teachers get spared. Are just like, oh my Phil, gosh! As we describe this, folks, Phil's looking on in amazement like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It doesn't describe well. You just have to watch like it. All real. You just have to watch it, Phil. All real. And so now it's a big news story. They're trying to dig these little kids out of the mine. And um, the news team is there. And, mm-hmm. you know, they ba- they're basically playing on how news teams do. And they do do this a lot. News drums up a lot of things. They'll have graphics that are hideous. You know, people dying in a mine. Blah, 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 blah. They get all the kids out. Well, at least you think think. they think they do. But luckily, Sandra Bullock shows up, finally, in their old beater car. And she's Steve, Steve. Which, how on on earth did they make it? All the way from Texas to Colorado in a car that just went through a tornado. Uh, We will never know. Sure, love. And so she starts running across the field. And she's a buffoon and just falls in the hole. Right? Ah! And Hartman's just like, somebody fell in the hole? And then he starts laughing. Yeah, maniacally. (laughs) So then it becomes the big story that Mary Magdalene Horowitz Horowitz has fallen in the hole. And it's a big deal. She falls in the hole. Luckily, she doesn't crash on the way down. And she finds out that there's a little deaf girl. This was kind of like the horror part of the Is movie. Is anyone missing it's a little like, deaf girl? I know. Because it's like... I just found one. She just appears and they make a really loud sound. Sad. Very sad. So um, she's in the well. Rewind, sorry. The mine. That's baby Jessica. Um, so the... Uh, you guys don't... Yeah. You, do you remember that, Phil? No? Okay. In the 80s, there was a little girl. No lie. Fell into a well. I thought you were talking about Phil's Jessica I for a second. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. Did no. we miss something? <laughs> no, baby Jessica. Anyway, so, but it's a mine, not baby Jessica. No one, no one panic at home. Baby Jessica's fine. Resting. Well, actually, baby Jessica's like 25 now. <laughs> Let's see how old baby Jessica is. She's my age. I'm 25. Yeah, 1987. I wasn't alive then. Um, there she is. Jessica 29. McClure. She's 30. She's 30. Um, baby Jessica fell in a well. And um, how about that? Fell in a month, in a well at 18 months old. What were the parents? I No one knows. Point? We'll have to read up on this. Baby Jessica. Okay. So um, she's down in the well, and she is ingenious. She's trying very hard to get out of there. She has many. She, she, she tries different things. There's kind of like the montage of 
sad, somber music as she's trying different things. Some very lame attempts where she just, there's one point where she has a rope and she just throws it up in the air and it just falls down. But then she gets the note up there telling How, that there's... That, did they send down fishing line? What line yeah, they or, send yeah. down a note on a fishing line. Yeah. And they ask... Are you con? Are you conscience? Yeah, someone misspells con- conscious. Yeah, and she was no. You mean uh, I'm conscious, but I'm, I'm not conscious, conscious. But, I'm, but conscious. not conscious. Yeah, yeah, conscious. Exactly. I can't say it. I can't either. <laughs> um, so then there's. I mean, that's just how she is. She's very Sheldon. Very Sheldon. And, and then uh, she says, P.S., there's a little deaf girl down here. Yeah, P.S., is anyone missing a little deaf girl? Because <laughs> there's one down here. Yeah, there's one down here. So they've missed the deaf girl. Um, this is the point of the story where everyone now loves Mary. Mm-hmm. Mary is something, there's something about Mary. And she is uh, great, a national treasure. Uh, now, I thought at this point, and this is where they swerved me here, Bradley Cooper would see the error of his ways and stupidly throw himself at Mary. Headlong into, into the hole, maybe even. Um, and, but he does, he does go on the camera. They ask him, uh, Lowell But says, they want the TV ratings. Yes, they're, so they're like, you need to say this is your girlfriend. girlfriend. He's like, this is not my girlfriend. And he looks around, but she is a great person. And she sees things that nobody else sees. And she's so smart. It's really lame. And so then, I mean, great, Caitlin. I meant great. Um, so then, uh, so then, they're there trying to figure it out. They're waiting on, they're waiting on uh, the other crane, to or get other there. crane to come, mm-hmm. and waiting on the crane to come. And um, they, while doing this, uh, Lowell Hartman just gets Hartman. This- well, he wants to be an anchor. He wants to be a network anchor. Hold on, let me. Um, he wants to be a network anchor, and so what that means is he needs to really scoop something. He literally jumps. This is my favorite part of the Tell movie. Tell us about it. He, gr- there's the fire truck standing right there. So he literally grabs the fire hose and, in a full out sprint, starts running towards the hole, and. It's a great plan until the fire hose isn't attached to anything and Hartman's down the hole with them. And they were just about to come out, the girl and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yeah, and and luckily they were still able to come out because they had to have him winched on there too. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they pull him up and out and everyone rejoices. But and he's, he's like, hero. he's like, do you want this to be your moment? And she's like, do you want this moment? Yes, I do. I'm going to take all the credit. He will take the credit. And he took all the credit. <laughs> so, really, that's that's how the story that's how the story goes. Yep. He, um, uh, they don't get together. Nope. And then Bradley Cooper's like. He tells her, I mean. Not to change for anyone. Yep. Yeah. And then her friend makes a little apple sculpture. Oh, I forgot, forgot about, about the whittler. DJ Qualls is her one of her friends, and he whittles apples into the faces of famous people. Mother Teresa is and Clay best, Aiken. 
Mother Teresa's is bestseller. <laughs> this <quake>. movie, <laughs> this movie has an inkling of the Napoleon Dynamite type stuff, things like that, but then veers the other other direction toward romantic comedy and never quite hooks it all up. Never quite hooks it all up. Never does. Um, what's another big thing at the end? That guy looks around the hole like he's going to jump into it. No, oh, he does jump. Oh, in. at the end, credit. the other, the, the, the other the, news anchor. There's the, another the news anchor. Dog. He's the top news anchor. But they don't really play him up very much. There's not a ton of character development on this, mm-hmm. so that guy's kind of a non-point, really. He's just. He's Hartman's kind of the guy that Hartman wants to be. Yes, he's the big dog. Yeah, yeah, he's the man. And then he he's just. Walking around that hole, and then finally, why did he jump in? He wanted to be the hero instead of Hartman, but I don't know why he jumped in when everyone was out. Everyone's that was out. kind of stupid. Basically, he can be <laughs> so he can be the news story. And look like a his moron. highlight of that movie, besides uh, jumping in the hole, was when he walked a mile in Sandra Bullock's shoes. Oh my gosh, I forgot boots. about that. <laughs> Uh, you know how you now news stories will do that. They'll be like, "We gotta really see it from someone else's perspective," and then they'll walk around and ugh, that's what he did. And it was really lame. That actually was kind of well done, actually. How it, how that was done. And then he falls flat on his face, which is really funny. <laughs> Overall, not the most horrible movie I've ever seen, Caitlin. Um, now, is it a romantic comedy? No. No. What is it? What is it then? What is this movie? What, what what genre can I fit this into? We have to have movies in genres. We're not allowed not to. By the way, it won a Golden Raspberry, by the way. It won two Golden Raspberries, which is bad. That means it's for a bad movie? Those are panned by critics. Bad movies. Hmm. I guess just a regular comedy? I don't know. Comedy. Yeah, it's right next to Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day, because Groundhog Day was not a, a romantic comedy. There's romance. There's some romance in it. You ever seen Groundhog Day? No. There's an actor by Bill the name Murray. of Bill. Okay, good. Huge Cubs fan. <laughs> you love the Cubs. Oh yeah. You're gonna get to talk about the Cubs. Hold on. Don't get too excited. And this is in future tense, so I'm interested to see. You, what you're going to talk about, and then when we pan forward, when this airs, where we're at, this could be a time capsule for you, or it could be a total strike three. <laughs> you're out. Steve Bartman level stuff. The goat. <laughs> Bartman! Who else? What's another curse? The curse of the goat. There will be no goats allowed in Wrigley Field. Ever again. And then the guy's just like, you will never win the World Series again until you let goats into Wrigley Field. They wouldn't let him in with his goat, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's stupid. Yeah, it's all right. Why do you need to bring a goat to a baseball game? And then Steve Bartman. <laughs> that, But that plot, we'll get into that too. Okay, so this movie. Let's finish this out. And we'll talk about that. Um, this movie... All about Steve. Um, what were the good parts of this movie? I mean, for the most part, they had a good crew. I mean... Good casting. I mean, looking back, it's been, what, six years since this movie came out? Or more? Yeah, seven. So, I mean, in hindsight, 
it's a pretty good casting crew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any movie that really gets Sandra Bullock does pretty well. It's true. Except for Speed 2. Um, Caitlin, good uh, this movie. Tell us a lot about it. Convince the audience. A lot about it. Convince the audience why this is a great movie. Well, she learns a really valuable lesson in this movie. Which is? That um, she was looking for a relationship and an intimate relationship, she says, but that she realizes through it all, through saving the little deaf girl and through finding her friends, that you have to find people that are as weird as you. Pretty good. Pretty insightful. So that that's the kind of people that are you're going to get along with. People okay. that are as weird as you. That is, no, I will agree with that. That is true. So that's the lesson she learns. And yeah, it's a good movie. It's good stuff. It's pretty good. Um, okay, I wouldn't say it's a good movie. But I will say, I will, <laughs> I, I will say, you almost had me convinced. See what I did there? I almost was convinced. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't. It was a lot better than the last movie we did, that's for sure. La 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 <laughs> la 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 I'm gonna wish upon a star. Yeah, no no bad music in this one. God awful. Uh, no cavorting around, as yeah. I like to say. Um let's rate this wait, hold on. Bad parts of this movie. I forgot about this. What's the bad? Two bad storyline. Storyline's horrible. Two bad things. One bad thing. Mm. I don't know. Oh my gosh! Another bad. thing. I like this movie. I know you do. Another bad thing. She's just really awkward. She is too awkward. I mean, probably just how crappy the people make her feel. Okay, am I wrong to think the story could have been written better? Yeah, I think it could. Right, that's the only thing I can. I mean, really if think you of. get if you get a different Gosh. if you get a different writer, we're not even talking about this movie. That's true. It's probably a Sandra Bullock gold. Yeah, gold. The Where Blind she, Side. She coaches a mighty Mac football team, but all heck breaks loose when she starts dating Steve. All about Steve, and that's by Steve. I mean Steve Young, former NFL quarterback. She shows him a thing or two. Good movie. She's going to run her two minutes. I don't even say that. That could have sounded really bad. I'm glad I stopped. It really wasn't going to be gross either. I didn't really say anything, did I? No. Okay, I won't. Okay, I'm going to go away from the mic now. You might want to delete this part. Okay, so, Sue, we're going to rate this movie. Okay. One One horrible is, nah, not too bad. Five horribles is... The worst ever. Eye melting, dear Lord, what happened to my face level stuff. Caitlin, go first. So one through five? It's got, it's got, it needs to be one through five. I know you want to say it's the best movie ever made, but one through five. Would you, would you admit I, that at least some of it is bad? Yeah. I mean, I would probably put it in the middle, like it, three. Be honest, no, because a three, what did I say was a three a while back? A really bad movie. You can okay, say a well, one. Then a two. Say a one. No, I don't think it's the best movie ever. Uh, no, 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 no. You're misunderstanding. No, no movie that we would actually want to watch that was okay. good 
would even be on this scale. Okay. This scale is left for the grossest. Okay, well then I would eye boogers then. of movies. That's gross. A one then. It has to be a one. Okay, good. Yeah. Mm, I'd give it two point five. Okay, good. I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking closer, probably a, a two. I can't go to a three because I said I can't remember what I said was a three a while back. That it was like pretty bad, really, pretty bad. I mean, I've seen a lot worse. Like Howard the Duck, I think was a three. I said was like a two or a three. So I mean, you know. This thing doesn't just fall apart at the end. That thing just fell apart like... It was no Dumb and Dumber 2. Bad. Bad, 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 All right, that's horrible. All right, so what have you been into lately? Grant? I know what you're going to talk about. Tell us about it. Well, right now, for those of you that are sports fans, the Major League Baseball playoffs are going on, and I am a huge Chicago Cubs fan. Cubbies. And they just clinched last night and went, we're moving on to the NLCS, where we will either play the Dodgers or Nationals. So hoping to break that curse and hopefully win this podcast airs they'll be in the world series golly can you imagine have you now have they been in the world series since you they have not been to the world series since 1945 oh my gosh and they haven't won since Since 1908 the ottoman empire was still in existence the last time the cubs won the world series wow um who's your favorite cubs player of all time Mm, well the person that uh, brought me to the Cubs mm-hmm. was Sammy Sosa. I like Sammy Sosa. I yeah. became a Cubs fan in '98 uh-huh. when Sosa was battling McGuire mm-hmm. for the home run title. Yes, but currently, right now, whose PEDs are better? That's the question. That's the real question. Right now, it's Chris Bryant, <laughs> third baseman. Luke Bryant. Chris oh, Bryant. Sorry. Oh my god. Sorry. And Caitlin's favorite is Chris, Chris Bryant. Bryant. Chris Bryant. No, I like Zobrist. Zobrist. That sounds like um some dish at like an Italian restaurant. Zobrist. Ooh, or actually no, like a Middle Eastern restaurant. Zobrisket. Mmm, that actually sounds pretty good right now. Zobrisket. Um, okay, a Zobrisket sandwich. Growing up, okay, when we first got any sort of cable, we got thirteen channels. That was our cable. Um, one of those channels. And this was, I was probably was about eight, probably, um, because before that it was three channels. We had three channels. Uh, but we got cable, 13 channels. Wow, it was like mind blowing. Um, WGN was one of those channels. So, I mean, I watched, I probably, up until I was probably 18, I probably watched more Cubs baseball, actually, Cubs and Braves baseball, because TBS was one of the mm-hmm. other channels out of Atlanta, but WGN's out of Chicago. I probably watched more Cubs and Braves baseball than I ever watched Cardinals baseball. And I was kind of more, I was more of a Cardinals fan because I would listen to them on the radio. Mm-hmm. But WGN, man, I, you get home from school, Cubs would be on. Harry Carey, Steve Stone would be on there doing their thing. Uh, my favorite Cub of all time is probably 
I'm going to say it's Leon Durham or maybe Andre Dawson. Here's why, Andre Dawson. I was watching one day, I was probably in fifth or sixth grade, and I can, I can check this on facts. Andre Dawson is batting, and I can't remember the pitcher, but he threw it way high and way inside, and Andre Dawson, the Hawk, is his nickname, mm-hmm. just stood on the plate and just got his nose exploded. Blood everywhere. What did, what did Andre Dawson do, Caitlin? What did he do? His Hey, a baseball at 90 miles an hour just hit him square in the nose. And blew his nose up, blood everywhere. What did he do? He probably stormed the mound. Yeah. That he had consciousness is unbelievable to me. <laughs> he absolutely stormed the mound. It was like the most awesome BA, you know what I'm talking about when I say BA, <laughs> thing I think I can think of. Other than like a like Brock Lesnar killing someone. But Yeah. Anyway, pretty awesome. The yeah. Hawk. Cubs baseball. Holy! I can't do a Harry Carey. Holy cow. Holy cow. Cubs win. Cubs win. Anyway, there you go. Cheer for the Cubs, people. They need it. Now, you can't talk about the Cubs. What have you been into lately? What's something you're into lately? Anything at all. Music, movie, song. um, I don't... A book. Well... A gadget. um, The only thing I can really think of is we went to see Carrie Underwood last weekend. Oh, yeah. How many and people were there? Were a lot of people there. Yeah, packed? there was in a big arena. It was twelve thousand. Where, where was it at? It was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And then there was the Swan Brothers and yeah. Easton Corbin yeah. opening up. Yeah. Um, I've told you this before, but the Swan Brothers are first cousins of Amanda's uh, friend Pam Knuckles. First cousins. It's really weird. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And their, hear me out here, their grandpa, now I'll fact check this one too, but I'm pretty darn sure, their grandpa is, and maybe a cousin, Norm Stewart, who was who's the basically the all-time winningest Mizzou basketball coach of all time. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, random. apparently they were on The Voice. They were good. And uh, we, Amanda has one of their songs, the really? later on song. Yeah, they they only they didn't sing for a they super long time. They signed a guitar. They signed a guitar it. and handed it out to someone in the audience. It was probably some radio promotion, right? And then Easton Corbin sang for a while. Yeah, he was pretty good. He's much bigger than those two are. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. And then Carrie Underwood sang for an hour and forty minutes. Yes. Yep. But weren't you glad? Weren't mm-hmm. you just like, this yeah, is awesome? it was awesome. I mean, I saw her like ten years ago, and it was like a huge difference like because when 10 years ago is when she was like she had one album she was like first starting out you know after she was off american idol and she was just real it was real low-key like you know no lights and the big stage and all that kind of stuff it was in branson and so she's a headliner now so now it was like we're at in branson was that the the Grand Palace? Uh, yeah, the Grand Palace. Uh-huh. I don't you can't even get into that building anymore. I know it's shut down now. But yeah, Sad. that's where I saw her at. I know I was in like the fifth row. I mean, it was really close up and that's cool. And then now it's like seeing her in a huge arena ten years later with all these lights and huge effects and change she changed clothes a bunch of times and she would like pop up out of the stage and go back down. It's pretty pretty legit. That's awesome. 
Um, so. Did she ever have any songs that she sounded bad on? Was there a At song? The concert? Yeah, it was there a song you're like, oh, that's, and she didn't sound very good there, or didn't sound as good as you thought she would, mm. or is she so good that you're like, and she's just freaking on all the time. I mean, overall, like, she was pretty. Well, I mean, pretty I know legit. she's she's Carrie um, Underwood. Like, I, I'm saying, like, the standard in your I brain say... is set to like what the album sounds like. Yeah. And then I, I tell you, I like live music, and li- I like listening to live recordings. Better than I like listening to the album versions. Yeah. Even if they don't sound as good, I just love live music. Mm-hmm. I love like being at live music. Well, yeah. It kind, of, it kind of sounded like, to begin with, she had sort of a cold or something. Yeah, she kind of had trouble on one of the songs. She, she had to stop and cough. I like that. See, I, but, but I like I mean, that. it was like, yeah, it's good. Cause it shows that she's not perfect all the time. Yeah, I mean, she's not like auto-tune central. Yeah, and she's not. But yeah. I mean. Or lip-syncing. The but, whole night, she pretty much dominated the stage. It's cool. Yeah. Probably my favorite moment was she did like a tribute to uh, Dolly Parton in the middle. Which is awesome. And she sang I Will Always Love You. It was really good. It's cool. So. You talk about, yeah. we could have a whole other podcast just talking about Dolly Parton, but about her, <laughs> her background and like her ability and yeah. what she came from. She's an awesome person. Yeah. She is. Mm-hmm. And she uh, owns Dollywood. Hello. And Dixie, and Stampede. Dixie Stampede. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Gosh. Anyway. Go out to Dixie Stampede, people. Dude. Hey, Dixie. I don't know. Folks, I don't know if you're listening and you've ever been to Dixie Stampede, but they have their food is so good. It is. It is. And, and their drinks to, are pretty amazing, too. I keep trying to talk Amanda into going, and it's like, I think we get to the point in, that mo- in the month where we go... Let's go. And then I start looking at tickets, and it's like, oh, they're like 50 bucks. It's expensive. And I'm like, I didn't really want to pay that much money. Miller would love it, though. My son would love yeah. it. Anyway, they've changed it now because it was north and south. I don't think they're doing that anymore. I think they're doing oh, something really? else. I think they're doing something else. I'm not sure what else. Maybe uh, Pioneers versus Donner Party or maybe something like that. I don't know. We all just need <laughs> that's go. not a That's not a chicken leg or a turkey leg, folks. You're on the Donner Party. Get it? Anybody know what that is? Donner Party? No? Donner Pass? They got snowed in in the winter. They ran out of food. There were several of them in the party at the beginning of the winter. And then at the end, there were only a few of them left. That's gross. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be funny. Had you known, <laughs> had you got the joke to start out with, I wouldn't have had to explain it. But since I explained it, I can see it. I can understand why you thought it was gross. I understand. <laughs> We'll have to be Donner Party. Okay. Anything else we're into? We're both we're both about to finish up our coaching season. There you go. A little football action, rounding up. Go Comets. Go Comets. And volleyball's in the tank. It's done. It's over. Yep. Bump set spike. Yep. All the uniforms are put away. Volleyball's deflated. You folded the net up like an American flag, right? Oh, yeah. Not really. No. The big metal poles <laughs> at the end of either side probably keep that from happening. But um, Cool. Yeah. Well, good times, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank fun. you, Jack. I'm, I'm better for the experience. I will admit that I am better for the experience of watching All About Steve. I, I expected the exact thing that I hate. I hate two two genres of movies that I hate. Romantic comedies and horror. I do not like the horror genre. I just don't like it. And I, I, you know, gore for gore's sake, 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. And and then I also don't like horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So, <laughs> thanks for coming on, guys. Um, anything else you want to say before we leave? Steve Bartman, if you're out there listening, stay the heck stay away. Stay away from Wrigley Field. Go Cubs, go! <laughs> it's awesome, awesome. Caitlin, last words? Anything? It was fun. It was fun. I'm gonna end you with uh, this right here. La 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, hit my music on the way out here. Let's play that music at the way we started with. Remember what we started this thing with? Crank it up. Crank it up one time. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, this is this episode is sponsored by the band Cake. It's also sponsored by. Chuck, now available on Netflix, Hulu, and uh, in all real t- retailers, seasons one through six. But don't watch the last episode. Because you'll cry? Is that what you said? Yes, you will cry. Hashtag save Chuck. <laughs> they want to kick it off Netflix. Why? I don't know. Oh, because they, they rotate through things. Yeah. There you go. That's a good song. Kind of weird. There's some innuendo in it, though, isn't there? You think... Yeah. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Peace out.